Sun Life Community Church came into being as the result of a compelling vision for a different kind of church, interested in what we call the Sun Life, experiencing and sharing the life of God's Son. Perhaps your heart is burdened these days. We invite you to allow the Word of God through the words of this message to bring rest to your soul and joy to your heart. Our Heavenly Father, we're about to open your Word. It's a Word that is uniquely new every day. We might read some verses today we've heard our whole lives. May they sound to us like the first time. For some of us, they may be the first time. May they penetrate into our heart just just forming a fresh pathway for the grace of God into us. Father, we worship you. We honor you. We love your son. We're surrendered to your spirit. And now we pray that you might teach us through your word, by your spirit, the goodness of your grace. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus had the most amazing ability and proclivity to turn ordinary moments into extraordinary ones. He had the most amazing ability and proclivity to take things that are ordinary and turn them into things that are extraordinary. In today's red-letter scripture, we find him doing just that. The ordinary thing he focuses on is food. How many of you are familiar with that? How many of you are awake? Okay. The ordinary thing that he focuses on in these verses is food, and the ordinary moment that he focuses on is his encounter with the woman at the well. So a combination of some scriptures here found in John chapter 4 and John chapter 6. And here they go, today's red letter scripture. First verse, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures unto eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. I have food to eat you know nothing about. My food is to do the will of him who sent me. Now, we define food this way this morning. I mean, pretty obvious. But food is that which nourishes and sustains life. This morning, Jesus is going to point out to us that there there might be some things other than the ordinary calorie-producing items that do that. Food, that which nourishes and sustains life. So in these combined scriptures this morning, Jesus identifies for us what I'm calling this morning a food like no other. Have you ever gone to a new restaurant or sat down to a meal at a truly culinarily gifted friend's home And set of the meal that had been set in front of you, 
I've never tasted anything like this. It was awesome. It was satisfying. I have found a brand new favorite. You could say it's a food like no other I've ever eaten. That's what Jesus was talking about. A food like no other. A food that satisfies like no other. A food that surpasses all others. Food that would cause the critics to rave. Let me share this morning, out of those verses we just read, Jesus' own critique of this food. Five observations we could make concerning this food like no other that we speak of this morning. First one, it's imperishable. John 6, 27. He says it's food that endures. Food that endures. I take that to mean it cannot spoil. It lasts forever. It's a food like no other. Now, let me just share, humanly speaking, I've only ever experienced one food like that. I've shared a bit of of this with you at various times, but it just seems like I want to share it again today. One food in my whole life I've experienced like that. It's the oatmeal I was raised on. A food that I hated with a passion. A breakfast food that I frequently escaped eating because the school bus had come and I literally had to run. However, no such deliverance was provided on Saturday when my mom would sit that bowl of quickly congealing porridge in front of me and say triumphantly, you're going to eat that if you have to sit here all day. And there I would sit with that bowl of gruel becoming less and less edible by the minute. And yet it would not spoil It did not become infected with dangerous internal organisms. It simply turned to rubber. (laughs) About 10 o'clock in the morning, I could have shot baskets with it. Now, a few months ago, I was skimming through Facebook, and I saw that my older sister, Lorene, had responded to a Facebook question that had caught my eye. You know those questions that come up. Have you ever, did you ever, do you know? Well, this question that caught my eye asked, what food did you hate as a child that you have never eaten since? And my sister's answer, oatmeal. (laughs) My bond with her deepened. So, Lorene, if you are watching right now, well done. So, being a food that is imperishable doesn't automatically tell me that this food spoken of by Jesus is something to be eagerly sought. But he goes on. Though I'd have to admit he has some ground to make up with me. Here's the second thing. It's inexhaustible. Also John 6, 27. He said, it's food that endures unto eternal life. He's kind of suggesting there that it's food that will feed us until the very end of our earthly life. 
It's a food like no other. Well, let me tell you, my oatmeal never reached that level. Sooner or later, we had to throw it out. My mother's love would eventually triumph over her sense of parental authority and her need to demonstrate it. Other food would sooner or later be provided. Jesus' food like no other has more staying power than that. It can feed us, and the implication is feed us enjoyingly right up until the day we enter heaven. The very tone in Jesus' voice indicates that this everlasting food will become our brand new favorite. Possibly the only food we will eat for the rest of our lives. Food we will never get tired of. Now next we come to an observation that seems so obvious that we shouldn't even have to list it except seeing it in print might cause it to stick in our minds. Here it is. It's unfamiliar food. I mean, that's pretty obvious. What other kind of food could, what kind of food could he be talking about? It has to be something we've never heard of, we've never come across, we've never tasted, we've never eaten up until this time, and his disciples as well. So he says to them in John 4.32, I have food to eat that you, disciples, that you know nothing about. It's not what people normally think of. Again, we could say, it's a food like no other. Now, this statement of Jesus came out of his simple encounter with the woman at the well. It's recorded in John chapter 4. You might read it this afternoon if you want to. It's probably pretty familiar to you. You remember the story went something like this. Jesus and his disciples were walking through Samaria, and in the middle of the day, they came to a well a well of water outside a Samaritan village. Jesus sat down by the well to rest while his disciples went into the town to buy some food. That is, real food. The kind that perishes and that only satisfies for a while. But they went to seek some out. Now, while they were off shopping, the now famous woman at the well came out to draw water. And Jesus initiated the conversation that led to a marvelous spiritual transformation in her life. He brought life to her. When the disciples came back, loaded down with the foodstuffs they had purchased for themselves and Jesus, Jesus refuses the food they offered. Here, Lord, have some to eat. And he refuses it. And he makes this statement that we just read. I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Now you can just imagine. The disciples were astonished. And maybe even a little bit offended. They were of course thinking normally and naturally. And they asked themselves, did somebody else bring him some food while we were gone? They might have even thought, though they didn't say, isn't that a little bit insensitive of him? 
to accept food from somebody else when he knew we were getting food for him? Jesus was right. They knew nothing about the food he was talking about. He could have said, I have been sustained by other means. I have no need for physical food right now. He could have said that. But he didn't. He just lets them ponder it and question it. But fortunately for them, rather than allowing them to stew in their own misinterpretations of things and possibly, as they frequently did, launch into a debate and a struggle over which one of them would get to eat the food that they bought for Jesus that he refused, Jesus shared with them this fourth and hopefully clarifying observation concerning this food like no other. It's in tangible. It's not physical. It's not some substance like other food. It's intangible. And Jesus shared this with them just a verse or so later. He didn't let them stew too long. He didn't let them get too upset. He didn't get them too confused because he goes right on and he says, now my food, this food I have that you know nothing about and that you're wondering about, My food is to do the will of him who sent me. He's basically saying when push comes to shove, that's what sustains me. That's what sustains me. That's what nourishes me. It's the nourishment that comes from commitment and obedience to God. It's a food like no other. It's like Jesus said to them, if I could paraphrase and forgive me for being a little flippant maybe, it's almost like he could have said to them, guys, guys, I'm not talking about hamburgers and french fries here. Nobody came out and fed me while you were gone. I'm not talking about physical food at all. I've been involved in doing the will of him who sent me And I'm filled to the brim. I'm stuffed as after the biggest turkey dinner we'd ever have. Right now, I couldn't eat another bite. That's what he was communicating. I have food you know nothing about. It's food that has satisfied me. And what it is, is serving the Lord obeying my father. You see, if the disciples had had half the spiritual sensitivity, half of the yearning that the woman at the well had, they would have echoed her own words when she said to Jesus, give me some of that water. Give me some of that water to drink that you speak of. See, Jesus said, if if you asked me, I would give you living water that would spring up inside of you. You would never be thirsty again. And she says, oh, let me have that. Give that to me. Not one of the disciples said, Lord, could you give us some of that food? Could you give us some of that food that nourishes and satisfies all the way up till we draw our last breath on this earth? But they didn't. 
They didn't say, Master, give us some of that food that has so satisfied you. If they had, Jesus would have responded, I can and I will. Because you see, as our final observation of the morning concerning this food like no other puts it, it's intentional. We could say it's intentionally given. John 6, 27. Which the Son of Man will give you. Remember how the whole verse goes? Do not work for food that spoils. All the food we normally work for is of that kind. The grocery stores only have that kind. Jesus says, do not work for that. At least don't put your whole heart and soul into getting that food and then feel that you are absolutely, you got the bases covered. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures unto eternal life, which the Son of God will give you. Jesus was right there. They could have asked him right then. As far as we know from the scripture, they didn't. They couldn't really process it. They weren't really capable of understanding it. Jesus waited until the very last night that they would be together. Some three years later. The very last night that they would be together where they shared together some real food in that last supper. And that very night, Jesus took up some real food and he would once again give it a more than natural meaning. This bread, this is my body. You remember that? This cup, this juice, this drink that we enjoy all the time. This is my blood. All of a sudden he's taking real food, real stuff, and putting a, an unusual meaning to it. I have food. This is food that you don't know anything about really. But you will. But you will. Because that very same night, just a little bit later than he spoke those words of the meal, he spoke these words to them. John 16, verse 13. When he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. Remember, Jesus had also said, I have many more things to say to you. I have things to explain to you. Only one of them might be. What in the world is this food stuff, this understanding of an immaterial food that sustains me and lasts forever and, and all of that? I have much more to say to you and explain to you, but you're not ready yet. He said, but when the Spirit comes, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. And the truth of it is, when he came, he did. Here's how the Spirit of Truth guided the Apostle Paul. One great, great verse. We find this verse in our, in our nudges and hugs. For those of you who've read through them, you'll recognize it. Romans chapter 14, verse 17 says this, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. 
Some of us in the kingdom need to cut down a little bit on our eating and drinking because that's not really what the kingdom of God is all about. Some of us might need to think about what kind of eating and drinking are we doing. Does what we're doing enhance the kingdom of God? But Jesus is saying the kingdom of God, Spirit says through Paul, the kingdom of God is not a matter of that. Could you say it's just not a matter of physical stuff? The things that sustain us through this life, that's not really what the kingdom of God is about. So worrying about what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, what we enjoy, how long it is until we get that next wonderful meal we're thinking about. Jesus says, through his spirit, those are not kingdom matters. If you really want to enjoy the food of the kingdom, if you really want to be sustained spiritually the way that God the Father plans, if you want to eat from the table he sets before you, well, here's how it goes. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. In our nudges and hugs, we've, we've kind of presented Numa, the Holy Spirit, as our spiritual chef. And we say the Holy Spirit acts as that spiritual chef forever whipping up such meals for us regularly. Meals of righteousness. Meals of peace. Meals of joy. The kind of food that sustains us right up until we take our last breath and we step over heaven's threshold. The kind of food that sustains us through anything the world might throw our way. Sustains us even through times where physical food might be lacking. Where physical comforts might not be all that we would desire. But righteousness can't beat that. The feeling that we are right and we're doing right and we're thinking right and we're acting right. And the smile of God is upon us because of it. Ah, I'd give up a steak dinner to feel like that, even for a moment. And Jesus says, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can, we can be sustained. We can, that table is set before us at all times. The Holy Spirit saying, here, eat up righteousness. God gives it freely. I will help you achieve it as you walk through life. And I, I work with your mind and with your emotions and with your all these things and and as you walk with me more and more, you will find yourself feeling yourself more and more right in this world all the time. Every day won't end with you adding up a long, long list of wrongs. Because I'm making you more like Christ. And righteousness not only honors God, it feels good. Not in some boastful, arrogant inaccurate way. But the kind of righteousness that we hear the Heavenly Father voice coming through the Holy Spirit saying, well done today. Well done today. Our own heart on that day does not condemn us because we know what it feels like to think right, not wrong, to do right, not wrong, to speak right, not wrong, and that sustains us. That sustains us. And how about peace, righteousness, peace? 
oh my goodness, to just have a deep settledness in us that, that leads to contentment, that leads to a sense that it is well with my soul, like we sing, and we don't just hope it's true, but we say, you know, I can sing that as a testimony. Peace of heart. The kind of peace we pray for every Sunday almost, where we say, and that peace will guard your heart and your mind through Jesus Christ. It's a peace the world cannot understand. Who doesn't want to eat that up? You eat a few big helpings of Holy Spirit-produced peace, and you feel the settledness within you that no matter what's going on in the world... You can say, I have peace with God and I'm experiencing the peace of God. That is a, that sustains, that nourishes, that satisfies, and that can take us all the way to the last step into heaven's gate, and that's the last time we'll need peace. One step this side of heaven's gate is the last time we will need peace, and it's the last time that we'll have to develop righteousness. On the other side, we are righteous. On the other side, it's all peace. And then how about joy? Righteousness, peace, and joy. Let me see you smile. Pretend you're happy right now. Let, let me see what that looks like. Uh, some of you just won't give in, will you? <laughs> see, joy. Joy. How good to just walk through life with a bias toward happiness with an inborn joy that just says, no matter what, the things that really delight me can't possibly change. Can Jesus ever change? Can your Heavenly Father's love ever change? Can your relationship with your fellow believers as children of God together ever change? You're in the family. You're in the family. The Father loves you. The Lord Jesus has given life to you provided forgiveness and the spirit of God is just making that life grow and grow and grow who couldn't be joyful see that's the food Jesus says is like no other and when the spirit brings it we are more than willing to obey the father in every single thing we discover of his will and so Jesus says my food is to do the will of him who sent me. And as we do his will, as we obey the nudges of his spirit, we find ourselves living more and more rightly, and we find ourselves experiencing more and more peace, and we find ourselves filled with more and more joy, and we say, man, I never want to change my menu. This is food like I didn't even know existed. And the Spirit says, thank you. Compliments to the chef. He's the one creating all that marvelous stuff for us. Kingdom fare, we call it. Wouldn't it be fun, just thought of this, wouldn't it be fun to go into a restaurant someday, not to create trouble, but uh, the waitress brings the menu over and, and they just say, do you have a menu with any kingdom fare on it? <laughs> what? You know, kingdom fare. You know, righteousness, peace, and joy. 
Do you have anything in here that will make me a better person, a more righteous person? Do you have anything in here that will bring peace to my heart? Do you got anything in here that just put a smile on my face and make me delighted with life? No, I'm sorry, sir. Don't have any of that on the menu. We'll promise not to give you heartburn. And maybe your taste buds will enjoy a little bit of that, but that goes a little bit beyond what we advertise here. If you're looking for that, I'd have to say we don't have it on our menu. And then you can say, well, I knew that. You know the only way you can get kingdom fare? And maybe you should hang around to say where and how you get it from God himself. Do you realize God sent his Holy Spirit into this world to walk with every single person who puts their faith and trust in Jesus Christ? And that Holy Spirit is is cooking up, as it were, those things for us all the time. That we might go through the world eating it every single day and feeling more and more right rather than more and more wrong. More and more at peace rather than more and more anxious. More and more joyful rather more and more sad and sorrowful. It's a marvel. Would you like some? See, it's a, it's a, it's a food like no other. So our final thought just says this. Never famished, always satisfied. That's what comes of eating this food like no other. Let's not miss a single meal. Every day there's opportunities to obey the will of God. Jesus said when you obey the will of God, it's like being fed with the richest of fare. So that's how we can work for food that does not spoil Just resolve every day to put your hand in the hand of the Holy Spirit and to walk obediently through life as he leads you. Keep in step with him. And then Jesus would say, and that's the food. That's the thing. Doing the will of the one who sent him. And at times, you can be so full, you almost don't need any regular food. Amen? Heavenly Father, it's a marvel how Jesus could do this. How he could take just ordinary things, ordinary moments, and unlock spiritual truth in such a way that they became extraordinary. Father, we don't need to do that. We don't need to be extraordinary people ourselves. We are walking with an extraordinary God. But Father, we give your spirit permission I give your spirit permission in my life to take every moment, to take everything that comes along in just the ordinary course of life and turn it into something that's filled with spiritual truth and meaning and that will actually sustain me, feed me, nourish me until you could almost say we we want no more. God bless us. Thank you for your son. Thank you for your spirit who opens our eyes to the marvels of his grace. And may we just be filled to the brim, stuffed with the very good food of God. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope this message has inspired you to live the sun life together with us. 
If you are near Apple Valley, California this weekend, we invite you to join us in person Sunday morning or through our live broadcast. All the details are on our website at sunlifecommunitychurch.com.